Part Four, Chapter Six of Doctor Doolittle's Post Office by Hugh Lofting. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part Four, Chapter Six: The Doctor's Release. The Emir of Elibubu went back to his palace, feeling perfectly certain that after he had starved John Doolittle for a few days, he would be able to make him do anything he wanted. He gave orders that no water should be served to the prisoner either, so as to make doubly sure that he would be reduced to obedience. But immediately the emir had left, the white mouse started out through the rat-hole in the corner, and all day and all night he kept busy coming and going, bringing in crumbs of food which he had gathered from the houses of the town. Bread-crumbs, cheese-crumbs, yam-crumbs, potato-crumbs, and crumbs of meat which he pulled off bones. All these he stored carefully in the doctor's hat in the corner of the prison. And by the end of each day he had collected enough crumbs for one good square meal. The doctor said he never had the slightest idea of what he was eating, but as the mealy mixture was highly digestible and nutritious, he did not see why he should mind. To supply his master with water the mouse got nuts, and after gnawing a tiny hole in one end he would chomp the nut inside into pieces and shake it out through the hole. Then he would fill the empty shell with water and seal up the hole with gum arabic, which he got from trees. The water-filled nuts were a little heavy for him to carry, so Dab-Dab would bring them from the river as far as the outside end of the rat-hole, and the white mouse would roll them down the hole into the prison. By getting his friends, the village mice, to help him in the preparation of these nuts, he was able to supply them in hundreds. Then all the doctor had to do when he wanted a drink was to put one in his mouth, crack it with his teeth, and after the cool water had run down his throat, spit the broken shells out. The white mouse also provided crumbs of soap so that his master could shave, for the doctor even in prison was always very particular about this part of his appearance. Well, when four days had passed, the emir of Elibubu sent a messenger to the prison to inquire if the doctor was now willing to do as he was told. The guards, after talking to John Doolittle, brought word to the emir that the white man was as obstinate as ever and had no intention of giving in. "'Very well,' said the emir, stamping his foot. "'Then let him starve. In ten days more the fool will be dead. Then I will come and laugh over him. So perish all wretches who oppose the wishes of the emir of Elibubu.' And in ten days' time he went to the prison, as he had said, to gloat over the terrible fate of the white man. Many of his ministers and generals came with him to help him gloat. But when the prison door was opened, instead of seeing the white man's body stretched upon the floor, the emir found the doctor smiling on the threshold, shaved and hearty and all spruced up. The only difference in his appearance was that, with no exercise in prison, he had grown slightly stouter and rounder. The emir stared at the prisoner open-mouthed, speechless with astonishment. Now the day before this he had heard for the first time the story of the rout of the Amazons. The emir had refused to believe it, but now he began to feel that anything might be true about this man. See. 
one of the ministers whispered in his ear. The sorcerer has even shaved his beard without water or soap. Your Majesty, there is surely evil magic here. Set the man free before harm befall. Let us be rid of him. And the frightened minister moved back among the crowd so the doctor's evil gaze could not fall upon his face. Then the emir himself began to get panicky, and he gave orders that the doctor should be released right away. "'I will not leave here,' said John Doolittle, standing squarely in the door, "'till you have windows put in this prison. It's a disgrace to lock anyone in a place without windows.' "'Build windows in the prison at once,' the emir said to the guards. "'And after that I won't go,' said the doctor. "'Not till you have set Chief Yam-Yam free. "'Not till you have ordered all your people to leave his country and the Harmattan rocks. "'Not till you have returned to him the farming lands you robbed him of.' "'It shall be done,' muttered the emir, grinding his teeth. "'Only go!' "'I go.' said the doctor. But if you ever molest your neighbors again, I will return. Beware. Then he strode through the prison door out into the sunlit street, while the frightened people fell back on either side and covered their faces, whispering, Magic! Do not let his eye fall on you! And in the doctor's pocket the white mouse had to put his paws over his face to keep from laughing. And now the doctor set out with his animals and the old chief to return to Yam Yam's country from the land where he had been imprisoned. On the way they kept meeting with groups of the chief's people who were still hiding in the jungle. These were told the glad tidings of the emir's promise. When they learned that their land was now free and safe again, the people joined the doctor's party for the return journey. And long before he came in sight of the village, John Doolittle looked like a conquering general coming back at the head of an army. So many had gathered to him on the way. That night grand celebrations were made in the chief's village, and the doctor was hailed by the people as the greatest man who had ever visited their land. Two of their worst enemies need now no longer be feared. The emir had been bound over by a promise, and Dahomey was not likely to bother them again after the fright the Amazons got on their last attack. The pearl fisheries were restored to their possession. And the country should now proceed prosperously and happily. The next day the doctor went out to the Hermatan rocks to visit the Cormorants and to thank them for the help they had given. The old chief came along on this trip, and with him four trustworthy men of his. In order that there should be no mistake in future, these men were shown to the cormorants, and the birds were told to supply them, and no others, with pearl oysters. While the doctor and his party were out at the rocks, an oyster was fished up that contained an enormous and very beautiful pearl, by far the biggest and handsomest yet found. It was perfect in shape flawless and a most unusual shade and color. After making a little speech, the chief presented this pearl to the doctor as a small return for the services he had done him and his people. "'Thank goodness for that,' Dab-Dab whispered to Jip. "'Do you realize what that pearl means to us? 
the doctor was down to his last shilling as poor as a church mouse we should have had to go circus traveling with the push me pull you again if it hadn't been for this i'm so glad for my part i shall be glad enough to stay at home and settle down a while once we get there oh i don't know said gub gub i love circuses i wouldn't mind traveling so long as it's in england and with the circus well said jip whatever happens it's nice the doctor got the pearl he always seems to be in need of money and as you say dab dab that should make anybody rich for life but while the doctor was still thanking the chief for the beautiful present whip the carrier flew up with a letter for him it was marked urgent in red letter doctor said the swallow so speedy thought he had better send it to you by special delivery john dolittle tore open the envelope who's it from doctor asked dab dab dear me muttered the doctor reading ah it's from that farmer in lincolnshire whose brussels sprouts we imported for gub gub i forgot to answer his letter you remember he wrote asking me if i could tell him what the trouble was and i was so busy it went clean out of my mind dear me i must pay the poor fellow back somehow i wonder oh but there's this i can send him the pearl that will pay for his sprouts and something to spare what a good idea and to dab dab's horror the doctor tore a clean piece off the farmer's letter scribbled a reply wrapped the pearl up in it and handed it to the swallow tell speedy said he to send that off right away registered i am returning to fantipo tomorrow good-bye and thank you for the special delivery as quip the carrier disappeared into the distance with the doctor's priceless pearl dab dab turned to jip and muttered there goes the do little fortune my but it is marvelous how money doesn't stick to that man's fingers hi ho sighed jip it's circus for us all right easy comes easy goes murmured gub gub never mind i don't suppose it's really such fun being rich wealthy people have to behave so unnaturally end of part four Chapter 6